Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. song is that uh that is i believe this a version of the seven nation army like so after our intro song that's they come in with some words for the, the seven, nation, seven army. nation army yeah like, was like a seven nation army couldn't hold me back what I is a know. seven nation army i don't I even know what the hell i have that no is. idea i got no idea both guests this morning torturing me by wearing twins memorabilia well, you like weren't going to gonna talk about it I wasn't going to, but now I've decided to turn on them. Ladies and gentlemen, the world has a big backyard. Adventure travel stories from an IMAX documentary filmmaker, Mike Day, with us. How you doing, Mike? And Good I, to be here. You're not going to be on at all. You decided against it. He's going to take he's pictures. Not even, he's not he's, even going to make a he's noise. He's going to take pictures. <laughs> all right. Cool. Just your first name. Chuck. Chuck, okay, good. I just want to make sure. Yeah, I can't just sit here and go, "Hey, who's you that over guy? There? Who's, that, who's guy? that guy you brought into the studio?" So Mike and Chuck. It sounds like I'm back in Catholic school. <laughs> sounds like a pet shop. A <laughs> yeah, pet that's shop. True. Mike and Chuck's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chuck yeah. and Don's. Mike Chuck, and Chuck. Yeah, like Chuck it. and Don's. Yeah. Absolutely. So what's it all about? The world has a big backyard. It's uh, my travel memoir. I was I was very fortunate to work for the Science Museum in St. Paul for my career. Oh, God, and part that's of great. that was making films for the Science Museum's Omni Theater. Did you kick me out of there once? No. What happened was <laughs> he goes, no, <laughs> no. But I was lucky to be on air with you a couple of times to talk about the films that I was the executive producer for. Mm-hmm. We were premiering them at the Science Museum. You were great. You were always straight up. Obviously, I have an interest in science. But at the end of every interview I did with Tom, he would say, do they pay you to do this job? (laughs) (laughs) It is a good job. And and, uh, after that, about a week later, I'd always get a phone call from a member of the museum's board of trustees. Uh Uh-oh. And, you know, there'd be the small talk, and they'd say, yeah, we can't wait to come down with the family and see your new movie. And then they would always say, now, do you get paid to do this for this site? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so thanks a lot. I'll tell you, the first yeah, thanks, time that, that board member called, I was just throwing a big curveball, and I was just doing a <laughs> dance trying to say, no, 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 this is a, a good thing I'm doing for the museum. Yes, yeah. yes right. I'm making it a better place. That's right. And I that. figured out after that, Talk about the financials. 
Yeah. Yeah, we're making these movies, and we're getting worldwide distribution, and we're making money, so it's okay. Well, no, well, it's good. That's I'm glad right. to hear that. Yeah, covered it. I'm glad to hear about it. So, the book, the new book, The World Has a Big Backyard. Yeah, it's interesting because I would go off on these film scouts and film shoots all around the world. And I'd come back and I'd start telling stories and somebody would always say, you know what you should do? You should write a book. And mm-hmm. I didn't think that much about it. So my, the last film I delivered for the Science Museum, great film called Ancient Caves, we had the world premiere in St. Paul the first week of March 2020. And I was retiring Ooh. after delivering that film. And the next week when I went in to pick up my boxes, the pandemic was to come. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So... My spouse and I retreated to the lake house. She was still working. She went to work remotely. What was I going to do? I was socially, you know, distant from everything, couldn't go anywhere. I was the designated shopper, which only meant trips to the hardware store and the supermarket <laughs> in Two Harbors, Minnesota. So I wrote the book. I love Two Harbors, by the way. Yeah, so do What I. a great spot. Yeah. Scenic's still open, isn't it? Yes, the Scenic Cafe is I still open. I love the Scenic Cafe. And I don't know if I should say this, but... Uh, it's got better pie than Betty's Pies. Oh, it does. Yeah. It, there's yep. no question about yep. it. So I love that. Now the secret Thank is out. We've just blown it. Everybody will be passing by Betty's to are go you, to the scenic. Where are you from originally? Chicago. Oh, you're from Chicago. Yeah. So how'd you end up South at Side. Harbor? South Side. So that's... Oh, you know, really? I don't... Yeah. I have a very quick Chicago South Side uh, story. Yeah. <laughs> I have a million of them. <laughs> we have three hours. <laughs> this is one of my favorite stories of all time. I had yeah. a uh, friend that grew up in Skokie. Yeah. North Side. And Skokie, Skokie boy decided, nice Jewish boy from Skokie, decided yeah. he wanted to buy some fireworks. So he goes to the south side of Chicago. Oh. And he walks up to a, a group of guys standing there. He's got a buddy with him. Walks up to a group of guys standing and going, Say, fellas, let me ask you a question. You know where I could buy some fireworks? And the biggest guy looks at him and goes, you got cash? <laughs> he didn't for long. I will tell you. He you didn't have any cash. cash for much longer. That's so funny because a friend of mine in Chicago, when the book came out, said, you coming down here to the south side and selling them out of your trunk? Yeah, <laughs> right? you should. I mean, Absolutely. that's where we bought our knives on the south side out of somebody's trunk. Yeah. One thing I love about Chicago is the streets. In, in A lot of times on the south side, as a matter of fact, and along the river, I love how it's the River Road, and then it's Pope Pius XII Road, and then there it's the go. political figure. The same road has like six different names. I love that. All right, here's my one Chicago story. <laughs> He's got a Chicago White Sox story. are in the playoffs. They get out in the first round, but I can't remember. Maybe it was the first game, night game. And the next day, Michael Jordan, the, there's the Ooh. rumors. He's going to retire, right? Jones he makes here. the announcement that morning. Go to the game. After the game, we go out to Midway Airport. It's classic Chicago. You know, there's the big guy standing at the table next to us with his mouth full of Vienna Red Hot. <laughs> and the kid working the counter shouts out so everybody can hear him. He's not talking to anybody. He goes, man, this is the worst day in Chicago history. And the guy with the mouth full of Vienna Red Hot says, hey, kid, haven't you ever heard of the fire? <laughs> well, yeah, and the kid says, fire. man, is Michael Jordan retiring? This is the second worst day in Chicago. <laughs> Didn't so burn the go. city down. <laughs> there you go. What, what, what I loved about living in Chicago, oh, although I lived in Evanston. So, oh, Northside. What, what I loved, Northside, yeah. yeah and uh, what I loved about it was the, 
Chicago's a really genuine place. It yeah. is. You know, yep. you, well, you yep. go into an Italian restaurant there, there's going to be four mafia guys in there, right? Not at Gene and Giorgetti. There are no mafia guys at well Gene said. and Giorgetti. <laughs> <laughs> you think I'm telling the truth? Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, sure. I just want to check. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, Chicago was one of my... First of all, I, 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 this is absolutely true, and then we'll get on topic, I promise. That's all right. I, I love I, Chicago. I, I write about it in the book. Don't worry. I spent a lot yeah. of time in Chicago because I, I worked at uh, A+. I worked with them. They were my agents forever. Oh, that's right. Down you did there. a lot of commercial work out of Chicago. I did tons yeah. and tons yeah. of stuff yeah. down there. And that's why I know Gene and Giorgetti and yeah. I this. And but one thing I will tell you is Chicago hot dogs are nowhere near as good anywhere else. They're just right. not. Right. Those hot dogs, I don't like hot dogs, <laughs> but I like Chicago <laughs> style Chicago hot dogs. dogs. Yeah. I will there, tell you go. You that. there you go. I like Chicago dogs a lot. No, it's a wonderful, wonderful city. No, I actually really uh, have a, uh, a chapter in my book about uh, being in Hong Kong which was my favorite city in the world, and my favorite bar in the world was there, Dan Ryan's. Dan Ryan's. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Dan Ryan's is a, is a great restaurant and bar in Hong Kong. And I it was so funny because one day I was in there early because you could get, you know, pastrami sandwiches and traveling in the Orient. Oh, yeah. After eating rice and fish for, <laughs> you know, a week and a half, you were yeah, ready true. for pastrami. That's true. So anyway, Dan Ryan's, I'm in there early one day, and they're just kind of setting up. And I start walking around because the place is full of Chicago memorabilia. And this oh, waitress sure. comes over and, and I start telling her about the city and what all these pictures are. And all of a sudden I realize I've got the whole staff, Chinese waitresses walking with me and they're now getting <laughs> to understand, oh, Dan Ryan. Dan Ryan was a real guy, not just an expressway. <laughs> on the <laughs> Dan Ryan. Just Ryan. think about the expressway, yeah. Well, I just got a text message. They said, Tom, if you got the book, flip it over, because they wanted me to see the monkey picture. Oh. Or is it a gorilla? It's a chimpanzee. It is a chimpanzee. It's a okay. chimpanzee. Right. Did you talk? Were you talking to it in this picture? Well, that's interesting. Okay, I'm going to tell another <laughs> dirty little secret here. Okay. On the back cover of my book, this is me at Jane Goodall's research site. You can see, oh, there we go. This is Gombe, which is a national park in Tanzania on Lake Tanganyika. And you are trained... Do not look the chimpanzees in the eye. Oh, I bet. So I bet. this chimpanzee <clears throat> sounds is... like my neighborhood, by the way. <laughs> Back in the old days. Uh, well, right now that, right? I live in the diaspora, and oh, you know, you don't. I mean, you don't look at a woman at all. No. So you know, it's kind of the same thing. That's a cultural thing, yeah. obviously. And so this young yeah. chimpanzee is is there on the side of the trail, and everybody goes down the trail, and they're hunched over, and they're not looking and stuff. And I'm the last guy in line, and I said. I cannot miss this opportunity. Right. You know, this is a cousin from six million years ago. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, somebody snapped the picture, but chimpanzee research will look at that photo and they go, that guy's crazy. You, you shouldn't be looking at a chimpanzee. Because they'll go after you. Big yeah, time. they go after you. They do. Wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They um, they work in groups. And what's interesting is there's this hierarchy that, you know, you have the alpha male. Sure. And it's the big bad the Alpha bully. male is the guy who gets the first run at That's the... That's right. Yeah. yeah. You, yeah. you get it. Yeah. yeah. At the what? I'm well, just talking about procreation. <laughs> <laughs> but when they go on patrol of their border, they go by age, oldest to youngest. Really? Yeah. And it's, they know this. And they know this. That's amazing. Wow. And if they find a chimpanzee from the neighboring community... They beat them up, but they don't kill them. 
It's like they want to send the message when that chimpanzee oh, goes mafia. back. We're back goes, in the mafia. It's a mafia thing. It's a <laughs> south side of Chicago. It's like I get this. That's right? hilarious. Yeah, yeah. I know. So. I know. In the in the congressional district where I live, I would vote for a chimpanzee. Oh yeah. Why I mean, wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, it'd be the best choice. They're <laughs> big, good fighters. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's like there's that Netflix documentary about chimpanzees where it essentially they're doing they follow these two like chimp tribes. And right. yeah, they do the, exactly what you're talking about, where they'll like injure one so that way he can go back and tell his friends like, hey, don't go over to that part of the woods. Exactly. You're jump Send down. a message. Yeah. yeah. Send a message. And they're nasty. I mean, people who yeah. keep them for pets are crazy. Because all of a sudden they'll turn on you and oh, they go sure. for your nose and your ears. They'll bite your nose off. Ow. Yeah. So there's me looking at a chimpanzee on the back cover of my book. And here you are with a nose with, and everything. With, yeah. Still with my nose, yeah. fortunately. Still got a nose. There's yeah. no question about it. I just, how did this all start for you? You're a kid on the south side of Chicago. How did the, all of this start? Yeah, good luck. Uh, got a business degree at the University of Illinois. Went to work in public programming for the Park District in Rockford, Illinois. Okay. Built up a resume and got awarded a New York State Arts Council grant to study museum management. So I think I'm going to the Big Apple, right? New York, all right, here we come. I get sent to Rochester, New York. Not a bad town. <laughs> not a bad not town. New York City. And but, yeah. at that time, I'll date myself a bit, there were 30,000 people working for Eastman Kodak. Oh, back then, yeah, absolutely. Because Kodak, yep. that was their world headquarters. God, wow. So the... Kodak was uh, very much a supporter of the museum I was interning at, and the museum really was a leader in terms of use of media in museums. Mm -hmm. And just before I went on my internship, the National Air and Space Museum opened in Washington, D.C. with an IMAX film theater and a film called To Fly, and it was a huge hit. So I just kind of came into the museum industry at the time that IMAX film was coming into the museum industry. Oh, sure. Media was big into the industry, mm -hmm. and away I went. I first went from uh, Rochester, New York, to Cleveland, did two, two years there on a project, uh, and then got recruited to come to the Science Museum of Minnesota because they were just about to open that new building. Oh, sure, That yeah. was on Wabasha, down from the state mm -hmm. capitol. So, yeah, I was there to launch it. And the board didn't want to just show movies. They knew that they wanted to be in the business of making the films as well and then recycling revenues into new production. So I got the job. Is it really hard to coordinate all that stuff? It's gotta be, that's got to be tough. Yeah, you have to be ready to work multi-year. Oh, I mean, God, it's not yeah. quick and dirty. And uh, this is back in the day before, of course, everything is, is now in digital. Mm -hmm. So we're working with IMAX film cameras that had magazines of only three minutes in length. So if you're out there in the field shooting wild chimpanzees, which don't take film direction very well, not to mention they like to sit in the shade, and you couldn't illuminate them with anything, lights, oh, yeah, reflectors, sure. that was not allowed. So you might start the camera and your subject might you know, run out of frame, and there you are with nothing. But after three minutes, especially shooting underwater, everything's got to come topside. Camera, crew, mm -hmm. take the camera out of the underwater housing, film out of the camera, reload, etc. So it, it was big, and a camera was noisy back in the day. Yeah. It's a yeah, little yeah. bit easier now uh, shooting everything digital. And to IMAX's credit, a Canadian company, they have maintained the best quality of imagery and sound 
in the film industry. God, isn't that wonderful? Did you get to wander around museums in the middle of the night by yourself? You know, uh, God, I would love to do that. I, I, my great aunt sold tickets for the submarine, the U five hundred five, at the Museum of Science <laughs> yeah. and Industry on the south side. So I was a museum rat. And yeah. to your question, absolutely. I, I'd love to do that. I, I don't know where the front door of museums is because during my <laughs> right. career, you always came right. in the dock door. Sure, you always came by the security desk. But, yeah, it's been real enjoyable to, to be uh, in museums when no one else is there. Do people really understand what a great – I mean, even if you never went to one day of school and right. you just spent a day, let's say five days a week, in the museum right. around the country, yeah. you could learn so much more. Yeah. I mean, museums are just – well, again, I mean, you mentioned the word museum, and the first thing that sticks in my brain is that rail car at the Holocaust Museum in Washington, D.C., I mentioned when I that. hear museum, yep. that's the first thing that pops up because it was incredibly sad. I mentioned that uh, in my book. I oh, talk, do you? It, well, my, <clears throat> my thing is, I really believe the best gift you can give someone, especially young people, is travel. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm saying don't go for the easy travel. Don't go to the water park. Don't go to the amusement park. Go looking for authentic experiences. And I write about some of those museums, including the Holocaust Memorial Museum, as providing people authentic experiences. No doubt about that. Absolutely. And the thing I love about museums is there are no chains. You go to the museum, the Science Museum in Chicago, it's vastly different than the Science Museum in Milwaukee, Mm -hmm. the Science Museum in St. Paul, and all around the world. So I'm kind of an advocate for that and do write about it in my book that says, hey, if you're traveling, you can find these authentic experiences by going into museums around the world. And there's just some spectacular, spectacular museums. What's so amazing to me, too, is you can go certain areas and you find out there's like a 20-year space when nothing happened because nothing's in the museum. We didn't want to hold on to any part of that 20-year period. That's so interesting to me that museums do that. And they don't do it on purpose, I suppose. Just if nothing happened, nothing happened. Right. I mean, you got a mummy. That's pretty interesting to look at a mummy. Yeah. No and I, I learned, you know, having grown up in Chicago, the Field Museum of Natural History, they had galleries of mummies. Oh, yeah, mummy absolutely. After mummy after mummy. So I come to the Science Museum of Minnesota in St. Paul, they have one mummy. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I learned in terms of being in the business of museums, you really only want to have one because now it's special, right? Oh, yeah. It's oh, the yeah. authentic one. You got to see the one. So, yeah. One of my favorite lines ever, talking in a museum in Chicago yet again, by the way. Guys in there, young urban urbanite like you, Tevin. <laughs> We're sitting there looking at this mummy. And the guy looks at me and he looks back and he goes, Man, that son of a bitch is ugly. <laughs> like, well, it's a mummy, but, you know, uh, he's been dead for a while. Right. They're not known for their beauty and voluptuousness. Right. He didn't want to yeah. look at the mummy. It was too homely. Which I the thought mummy. Was the mummy. Now, what a great uh, situation. So, literally, you knew long, long, long ago what you wanted to do, how you were going to get there. Yeah, I, I wanted to get in the back door of, of museums mm-hmm. and was fortunate enough to do that in my career and fortunate to be able to travel around the world to see, you know, all sorts of great stuff from the tallest sand dunes in the world, which are in Namibia, the west coast of, of Africa, to going to Iceland, going to Jane Goodall's research site, tuna God. auctions in Tokyo. Yeah, I've been able to do it all. 
There are a lot of really good documentaries. Now, as a matter of fact, though, what's his name? Rain Wilson is doing a bunch of documentaries about all these different locations around the world. And I really enjoy that because you're, you're looking at a culture you know nothing about. Right. And I find that fascinating. Yeah, and that's you why know. I'm an advocate that says let's not just watch it on TV. Right. Why don't you take the kids and go yep. there? Go there. That's a, I think that's great yeah, advice. Yeah, no and when you go it. again, look for those authentic experiences. The other, the other thing in my book is uh, I've learned along the way sort of tips to help you travel because travel isn't always easy. No. <clears throat> you know, no. today we, we hear stories all the time about people that, you know, late flights, sleeping in airports. Uh, it can create a lot of anxiety. You don't speak the language. You're not sure how to deal with the currency. What if there's a problem? So I've encountered all of these situations, so I give, give tips throughout my book as to maybe to help people in, in the travels. When you need someone to listen, a lawyer you know and trust. In a world filled with distractions, one law firm stands tall, fighting for justice. Bradshaw and Bryant. I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. We take our mission very seriously. Our firm is dedicated to representing those who have suffered due to the fault of others, especially when they're distracted by their phones. Four seconds, that's all it takes to travel the length of a football field. But those same four seconds can change lives forever. Don't be the person who causes irreversible damage to others or yourself. Put your phone down when you're behind the wheel and be aware of your surroundings. Bradshaw and Bryant have championed the rights of the injured for over three decades. We excel at what we do. Bradshaw and Bryant is ready to fight for you. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Seeking justice for the injured. Bradshaw and Bryant. Tom here. For years, you've heard me talk about my friends at North American Banking Company. They have great online and mobile banking options, plus friendly employees who are always ready to help. And with their location in Maple Grove now open, it's even more convenient for me and my family. Go visit my friends at any one of their six Twin Cities locations or go online to nabankco.com to learn more. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC and equal housing lender. You all have helped build my fellow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Speaking of my favorite bar, my, one of my tips is give yourself a win. So, for example, my wife and I would go camping up in the Pacific Northwest, tent camping. You know, it's rainy. There's nothing worse than trying to pack up your tent camp in oh, the rain, God, right? God, I would hate that. Yeah. So we spend a week out there camping out in the temperate rainforest. Well, the last night of our trip, 
we I made sure that we would be booked into a lodge oh, so we could, you know, you sit in the sauna. So when I would travel to the Orient, I was talking about how, oh, you know, it's a diet of fish and rice. I would always plan my trips in the Orient that my last stop would be Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. So giving myself a win, I slogged my way through my work, staying out late because you had to, drinking with the Japanese who you were doing business with. I'd always make sure I'd stop last in Hong Kong where I could go to my favorite bar. That would be my win. Give yourself a win when you travel. Nothing wrong with that. Are there places in the world that don't have museums? I never even thought of this before. You know, I haven't found it. If there are, it was interesting because we were just in Iceland, my spouse and I, our second trip just a couple of months ago. And it's amazing how many museums they have, which are, are mostly historical sites. Because mm-hmm. you're not talking a big country. No, you no, know, exactly. There's only 300,000 people that live there. But it was remarkable, all the places that they had and just how interesting it was. You know, for, for thousands of years, they lived in sod houses. And yeah, now right, you could yes. visit a village of these sod houses and walk through them and see how they actually live. So Catherine yeah. tells yeah. me, my lovely wife Catherine, she's been there several times, and I've never been <clears> there. And she said, Tom... If you ever get kicked out of America, you should move to Iceland. You'd love it. Like, okay. You would love it. <laughs> Except she tells me I would. You probably love wouldn't it. have just anyone, though, right? You, you might uh, uh, want to mention to Catherine, though, that the only way you can become a citizen of Iceland is you right. have to marry an Icelander. That's so, right. So just let Kath- Catherine so you know visit. that. You know, I'm going to have to divorce you, honey, to actually get in and stay there. Maybe that's why she told me to do it. She knew that. She knew when she got researched it. <laughs> exactly. yeah. Get you out of the house. Yeah, get you out of the country. Send me some out of subliminal the messages to you. Like, you better act right. Otherwise, we're <laughs> yeah. sending you to Iceland. Yeah. No, yeah. My, my daughter Funny how she mentioned Iceland. Yeah. My wife and daughter have been there many times. They just absolutely oh. love Iceland. Love it there. Yeah, so do so, I. It's not toasty, though, is it? you got a little chill in oh, here. Oh, my goodness. So we're there in <clears throat> August, right? Mm-hmm. And you wake up, it's 48 degrees and pouring rain, and you're going <laughs> horseback riding. <laughs> yeah, you're going horseback riding, which we did. 48 and rainy. Yeah. That would be tough. Uh, in so August. you got to bring layers. you got to bring <laughs> rain yep. gear. Don't forget your rain pants. Make sure you got high boots. Make sure you got your hiking sticks. Absolutely. And no. that's, that's exactly the weather we're going to have here tonight. Yeah, that's it. We're in Iceland. <laughs> you Today don't have to go Iceland. all the way to Iceland for that. That's exactly mm-hmm. it. But here's, here's the good part of that. After, you know, soaking wet from, you know, horseback riding in the rain on the black beach near Vik, Iceland, God. you go to the community center. Every little town in Iceland has a community center. And the community center has the building with the gym and the workout room. It's got a playground for kids. It's got a soccer pitch. It's got a basketball court. And it's got a geothermally heated hot tub next to it. Oh, there you go. So we got off our horses and stripped out of our wet clothes, and we went to the community center in Vik. And we jumped in the hot tub with the Icelanders. I mean, it was just, and it's raining. And then it was all the way up to 52 degrees. Oh, but it's kind of nice to be sitting in a, in a hot tub, geothermally heated, steam coming up while it's raining and it's cold. It was, it was just a real You know, treat. you could point a gun at my head and I wouldn't do that. <laughs> no, you're not no. doing it? You're not a big hot tub guy, girlfriend? Oh, well, uh, no, hot tubs are fine. It's the people that I don't want to be with oh, in the hot tub. in the yeah. hot tub. And I'm not saying thing. any, I'm just saying people in general. Yeah, yep. you wouldn't like it in Iceland because, you know, they don't have uh, bar taverns in Iceland. They don't? No. So uh, the social life is the community center. 
So when Can you you're drink that, there, though? <laughs> no, you can't drink there. <laughs> they must all just go home and get drunk, I guess. I guess, yeah. But exactly. when you're in that hot tub, it's got families, yeah. young couples on dates. Yeah, you're going to be around a lot of people. Sorry to say. A well. uh, question I have, because I've only heard that this because of the, the volcano. The Icelanders, do they have a lateral S? Do they speak with a lateral, that, that they really, that, the S? Like oh, it, it's impossible to learn Icelandic. That's what I've heard. And read the signs. That's exactly it's why I asked you that. It's an incredibly difficult language. Because it was Eivadleivich. I yes. remember was the name of the Very well done. Yeah, no, very well done. So they do that, yes. this deal. Yes. I thought so, yeah. And I asked other people and said, no, no, they don't do that. And how, like, did they, how, did, how did that manage to show up in New York? What do you mean? The syllabant S. Why do they got that now too well, in New York? Well, I've noticed that. It's kind of sneaking into well, the maybe it is. jargon. Yeah, maybe yeah. right. Into the argot. Well, here's the other good news about Icelanders. They all learn to speak English. They do, yeah. So you seem to be gonna, very friendly. Gonna, all I've learned is basically talk, which is thank you. Yeah. <laughs> That's my one word of <laughs> That's Icelandic. It. That's it. <laughs> You're right. Well, now you have and, David Labitz. And they appreciate it when <laughs> you leave them and say, talk. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> what a great life you've had. I mean, I've you, been fortunate. You really, I mean, yeah. you just nailed your life. You did what you wanted to do. Did you go through some, some pretty tough times getting there, though? Uh, traveling? Nah, they just had oh, doing to what get, you do. to get through. Oh, I write a chapter, you know, speaking of volcanoes, I've become, because of my work, a volcano junkie. Oh, yeah. Uh, we, we decided, I was at a conference in Japan with... A filmmaker. We were the only two gaijin, non-Japanese, right. that were at the conference. And this filmmaker had said, "Hey, listen. After the conference, I want to go down to the southern island of Kushu. I'm going to visit a volcano observatory, and I want to invite you to come with me." Great. Yeah, I'll be glad to do that. Well, where are you going to find a volcano observatory? It's on the side of a, a volcano. volcano. <laughs> this is the Sakurajima volcano. It's been in con- a state of continuous eruption since 1955. Same on here. average. Yeah. Yeah. On average, You've three been times erupting a day. now since 55. <laughs> yeah. 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 That long. That's the story of my life. It's true. It's been erupting on average three times a day. We're talking gas, or we're talking, I'm, I'm sorry, we're talking uh, uh, dust. We're talking oh, ash. God, and yeah. it blows two miles into the sky. So this film director, he took me down there, I discovered, because he had already done a, a film uh, on the eruption of Mount St. Helens. He was oh, a volcano sure. junkie. He wanted to do a film on the Ring of Fire volcanoes. Ooh. So he took me down to Sakurajima to seduce me into, you know, jumping on board his film idea, which when I was there and the ground started to shake and this thing blew ash two miles into the sky, I was in. I was all in. We're doing, we're doing a ring of fire film. So we came up with this great plan where we were going to chase volcanic events around the ring of fire for three years. And I had the museum put up the money to do this. We kind of had this SWAT squad of a film crew out of Los Angeles that was when there was that you know, activity. Yeah, it was expensive. <laughs> but near the end of the three years, you know what I had to show for it in terms of footage? Nothing. <laughs> we had sent crews off to like Papua New Guinea, the Rabaul volcanoes becoming active. This is going to be great because people are now living in what they thought was a, an, an inactive, extinct, oh, you know, sure. volcanic cone. No, it's going to blow up this town that's inside the <laughs> volcano. 
we're you know, we're filming, we're renting helicopters, we're shooting the aerials, and we can't wait to come back after the thing's blown up. Nothing happens in in this almost three years. And nothing. Fort nothing. So you talk Jeez. about tough. This was not only oh my goodness, this film's not going as I hoped. This is my job. Mm-hmm. You know, the board of trustees ain't gonna call me up and ask if they're paying me. They're gonna say, "You're out of here, buddy. Yeah. You got nothing. This, you so, got nothing." So what, what did oh, you, you come got up with? Well, here's the the good news. Yeah. Christmas Day, a volcano in Chile called Lunky Mai erupts. We are the only film crew that gets there and gets up to eight thousand feet to actually film the eruption. So we had the initial footage, and from there, our luck changed. It might have been bad luck for some people, Mm -hmm. but we were starting to get things. Once we got some good about real volcanic footage, then we could go back to the places that we knew we could film and get good eruptions like Sakurajima. But that film project took seven years to do. Whoa. Yeah. What was the budget on that thing? uh, Probably $3 million. It was pretty efficient. Yeah. But uh, it it finally came came to fruition. So I tell those stories in my book about uh, volcanoes. Seven chasing. years. Seven years. Wow. Yeah, it was kind of like writing this book. You know, the the pandemic comes, so I start writing the book, and I'm kind of used to. You're not going to do this in three months' time. You're gonna right. you're gonna dedicate right. as much time as is necessary to bring this this thing to fruition. So I'm glad the book is now out. I'm glad my Ring of Fire film finally got out and showed around the world and paid back the investments. (laughs) And now I'm a volcano junkie as a result. It's got to be a very, uh, I've, you know, been on top of mountains in Hawaii and all the rest of it, inactive volcanoes. But I've never been anywhere near a volcano that was about to be or was active. That's got to be an, I mean, does it, does the ground start shaking a little bit at first? I mean, is that how that works? In, in, that's why I recommend Sakurajima. Okay. It's a great eruption, but at the same time, you can stay off the volcanic island in the town of Kagoshima. You can get a room in the Kagoshima Sun Royal Hotel. Make sure you get a volcano side room. You can sit on your deck and you can watch it. You can watch it. That's, and then that, you take the ferry across to the island. Yeah, that's my thing. When you're saying you're standing on the volcano and you see it erupt and you're like, and I'm all in. I'm all out in that situation. <laughs> I do not want to be I'm kind of afraid this. of that. Here yeah. I am writing a book that says, hey, travel's the best gift you can give. Make sure you get the young people in your family out there. Find authentic experiences. And people are going to get to the volcano chapter and say, uh, this guy's crazy. I'm out on this yeah. this whole thing. I, right? I was cool with the hot tub. Yeah, that was cool. It does sound sound kind of like a lose lose thing. You know, you either don't see it or you see it and you're scared to death. And it's the last thing you see. Yeah, <laughs> yes. right. Is it true that you were you talking about uh, the volcano out in Washington State? There, the guy's name was really Harry Truman. Yeah. It was real name was yeah. Harry Truman. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, you know, well, he just disappeared, right? Vaporized. Vaporized. No whoa. trace. Jesus. Yeah. Carmen, like, yeah. Whoa. No trace. I, he just wouldn't come down. He apparently built a house on a volcano. Right. And he would not leave the house. He says, "Nope, I'm not doing it." In in the book, I write about <clears throat> the story. The, the USGS had a trailer to monitor the volcano. Right. Yes. And the guy who was assigned on that day, he's he's credited with having one of the most accurate but shortest observations of a volcanic eruption. <laughs> his his the only thing that was recorded is him saying, 
this is it. Oh. <laughs> and he he's no no remnants, vaporized. They oh. didn't find pieces oh, of the trailer for six months. Really? They yeah. just it, it vaporized yeah, it just, them. Yeah, vaporized. Superheated oh, ash, ash and dust comes down those mountainsides, and that's it. You're more than toast. You're molecules. I wonder, I wonder if Harry S. Truman had a grave marker that said, the life stops here. Yeah, that's right. This is it. Probably true. Yeah, this, this is it. Life. Be quiet I'm over sorry. there, you wise guy. Uh, no, I, I just, just hearing all these different things about it. Uh, now, where do you, and I do want to talk more about the book, but, but I'll ask very quickly, where do you go from here? I mean, you're not very old, so you've got a lot more work to do. Yeah, uh, there may be another book out there that I, oh, I can get started on. Okay. Not to mention I've, I've had a lot of fun. The book was just released last month. A lot of fun so far going out to groups and talking to groups about it. And I bring props, things that I've oh, collected along the way, <clears throat> mementos Is Chuck and your such. only prop today? Chuck's my only prop. <laughs> <laughs> the only prop you Yeah, you know, I bring a volcanic rock from Iceland that's three years old and one from the North Shore of Minnesota that's oh. 1.1 billion years old. God. I, I got some great letters and photos that were, you know, in my Tupperware tubs in my office, like a letter from the travel nurse that, that uh, is official that says, Mike can come into your country because he has no parasites. You That's know, good. Those Not kind of parasitic. things you need. I was going to ask. <laughs> well... <clears throat> I, I'm waiting for you to ask. How do they know if you have parasites or not? Right. <laughs> well, I would think yeah. I would think you might gather a few in that hot tub. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's nice. They test parasites because you have to bring a stool sample into ah. the travel nurse. Oh. So they send you out with this little cup, right? Mm-hmm. And you go home, and you poop in it. <laughs> And you gotta quick get over to the clinic because they only want a fresh sample. It's gotta be right? fresh. Oh, it's yeah, gotta be fresh. And there you are. You're hoping you don't get stopped on the drive over, and you know somebody <laughs> says, "Hey, what's in the container?" Right? So yeah, no parasites. That's a good thing. I we oh, yeah. I had a great travel nurse for years uh, for all this traveling I did, and she's credited on a half a dozen <laughs> films that I made because she she deserved it and she earned it. You know, uh, obviously in the title of your book, uh, Adventure Travel Stories from an IMAX Documentary Filmmaker. Right. Um, one of the complaints I have right now, and I hope it's not true in the IMAX theaters, that people are just not going to the theater anymore. They just don't like being around so many other people in a closed space. IMAX doesn't have that problem, does it? Uh, IMAX has been very fortunate Good. because of the Good. experience Glad they provide that. and because of <clears throat> the Oppenheimer film most recently. Right. yeah. Uh, that they're doing very well in terms of getting people back in the theater. And it's really good to see because the general movie industry has not recovered, you know, to the pre-pandemic Not levels. even close. Not even close. So Which you makes know, me sad because I love going yeah. to a movie theater. Yeah. Just love doing that. So my buddies and I were there on opening day for Oppenheimer, full house. We, we got our tickets early, so we were in the best seats. And it was just great to be in a theater full of people. But... It was the IMAX experience. No, I mean, and that's the whole deal. The IMAX experience is incredible. Yeah. Stuff coming up behind you, you don't even know it's coming. <laughs> it's like, holy. The company has done very well, especially in making the transition from the film world to the digital world. It's still the best, you know, capture medium, the mm-hmm. best presentation medium, both sight and sound. I don't think there's any question about that. I, yeah. I, I'm really, really glad to hear that because I think... 
somebody told me, I, I don't know, I haven't been out there a while, but there was an IMAX at the Minnesota Zoo. Is that not even open anymore? And that's not open anymore. Why? Yeah. What happened? Don't know. I just didn't do good enough business. The pandemic came and they shut it and down. And that was it, the and pandemic. That was it. Yeah. What a great experience to go to, you know, to go to the zoo and you can go to an IMAX theater and watch some. Oh, God, what a great right, experience. Right. So now we go out to the AMC in Roseville. They have an I IMAX love the theater. AMC in Roseville. Yeah, by the way. It's, it's fabulous. a great spot. Yeah, it is a really, a really, really good nice spot. Place. There's no question about that. I, I just, I'm jealous in ways. I've got to be honest with you. I'm sitting here bullshitting and you're wandering all over the world with a camera. It's not fair, Chuck. <laughs> See, that's why he always asked me if I got paid to do this stuff. That's right, you got paid to do this. And I had to, to say this. yes, I was getting paid to do this stuff. All, all that wonderful travel, all that learning, the education, and no parasites. And no, no, and parasites. no parasites, Thank right. You. That's no my parasites. idea that's of the perfect living. life. Yeah, that's yeah. living. And you no. say you bring props and stuff, when, like, and especially like bringing volcanic rock, obviously like Hawaii Right. It's known where, like, okay, it's cursed to bring it off the island. Do you ever right. run into situations where there are, like, local folklore that you have to abide by? Well, that's interesting because, you know, Iceland had a big eruption that started in 2021 20, early and, and went on for about six months. And when we were there in 21, unfortunately, after the eruption, we missed the eruption. But we went with a guide out to hike the lava field. You're talking about lava that has filled a valley for miles. So (laughs) when I said, could I take a piece of this home? They were like, pull up a truck and take as much as you want. (laughs) We got plenty here in Iceland, and it's pretty fresh. So, yeah. You need to know a guy for your auto repairs, legal issues, banking, and more. The same goes for investment advice. You need a guy to help you be successful, someone you can trust who gets results. Well, I got a guy for you, Josh Arnold. Josh gives you straight talk, not sugar-coated advice about your financial situation. Josh has seen it all when it comes to economic and market conditions, and Josh can make sure that your retirement objectives match your investments. Do yourself a favor and call Josh now for a no-obligation, 48-minute evaluation. You've got nothing to lose, and you'll get a different point of view for your investments. Call Josh at 952-925-5608. That is 952-925-5608. You'll be glad that you did. And tell him his his guy, Tom, sent you. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Tom Bernard is a paid endorser. God, what an experience this is. I love, uh, you're looking at the big picture, the adventure travel, traveler's mindset, what to seek. So basically... If you pick up your book, The World Has a Big Backyard, Adventure Travel Stories from an IMAX Documentary Filmmaker, I mean, you lead them through this. It's not just, well, yeah, here's the book right. and you figure it out. Right. You lead them through that, which yeah, I really, it, I like that. It's a pathway that I, I lead no you doubt through. About and it. hopefully at the end, you've got a lot of inspiration to pack your own bags and say, let's get out of here. Let's go find some authentic experiences. Oh, then you kind of suck up at the end, though. Oh. The pleasantest sensation in the world, Minnesota. Yeah. Listen ah. to you. Well, you read that chapter and you'll see why. <laughs> okay. I, I'm actually uh, quoting a woman who lived to be 100, passed oh. on. Her, her name was uh, Freya Stark. Mm-hmm. She traveled all over the world, did remarkable things, wrote books about it. Very well known in the adventure travel world. Well, that was her line. She said, there's nothing better than waking up in a new place 
in the world. It's the most pleasantest sensation in the world, she said. You don't, yeah, I suppose you don't know what the day holds. Yeah, so I described my, my trip uh, out to Thief River Falls driving for five hours to get my first COVID vaccine. I was say, that was, a, oh, that was a haul for you And there. that was January. <clears throat> oh, God. Okay, and it's like, okay, I got my COVID vaccine. What can I do tonight? Nothing. I'm going to stay in the hotel and, you know, take out my sandy wipes and wipe down the channel changer and watch TV. So I, I, I'm in my car the next morning, and people in this part of the world, Minnesota, know the experience. You're in the dark, you're in the cold, you're in your car, and you're waiting for it to warm up. And you're parked outside the American Inn in Thief River Falls. The only thing I could think of was, it's the pleasantest sensation in the world. Freya Stark, thank you very much. Yeah, right. Why did she ever leave Paris? I've never been to Paris. I've been to France, but I've never been to Paris. She was a world traveler. She's a loved remarkable it. woman. She's loved to get around. A remarkable woman. And she did live in Minnesota for a while? No, 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 no. She never did? Uh, no, okay. never, never came to Minnesota, but yeah. Uh, I, I do quote her well in the book. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of great, great stuff in the book. I'm just kind of going through the book right now, looking at all these different things. And again, I got to turn back to that picture of you staring. Uh -oh, me you staring. are really lucky. You were that close yes. to him, and he didn't attack you. Right. Why do you think he didn't attack you? Uh, well, I watched how he behaved as everyone else walked down the trail. Okay. He was very passive, and he's young. He's oh, young. okay. That was okay. the key. I was dealing with a very young chimp. Otherwise, there's no way I would have looked at him. Especially stopping in my tracks and staring. Now, at you him, actually you got said. down on on your haunches. Yeah, I got they, down. You did. Uh, I'm sure like, I'm man. glad the picture was taken because. Yeah, oh yeah. You shouldn't be doing that, kids. No, you're very vulnerable <laughs> in that. I was going, Jesus. Yeah, and you're a long way from uh, any medical support yeah. out there. There's there's no roads to Gombe on Lake Tanganyika. Where did the idea for the world as a big backyard come from? Where did it all start? Uh, Again, it was as people who told Just me, again, you should so. write a book. And there that I was. was I was going way. through my boxes. I was pulling out all these mementos. And they just sparked such memories of my travel. I just had to start to write it all down. That's wonderful. Yeah. And then, you know, give the book some purpose, as you say. I'm going to lead, lead you on a pathway that I hope inspires you to be a little more adventurous in your own travel. And travel especially with your family. But it's a good thing because you're doing it, you know, with great writing. I mean, people will embrace it. You're not telling them, you got to do this. You right. kind of lead them right. through it, yeah. which yep. is great. Yep. I mean, I just, I've only had, had the book in possession now for uh, about 40 minutes, something like that. But I've already looked at several different things, and you do a great job of leading people from this place to the next place. To that place, place yeah. You do. And then I bring it home. <clears throat> and yeah. then you bring it back home. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. You got an airplane. You left Freya behind and just abandoned That's her. right. Drove across Minnesota <laughs> in the winter. Oh, did you really? Well, yeah, to get my COVID shot. I had to go oh, from that's the right. North Shore Falls, right. up to Harbors, two Harbors out the Thief River Falls. Yep. How do you even, is there a road? <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's paved, unlike in Iceland. Oh, yeah, that's true, unlike in yeah. Iceland. Oh, God, I remember driving. I actually did the, that trip to Thief River Falls from uh, Grand Forks, North Dakota. Oh, right. And it's not a freeway. <laughs> right. I'll tell you that. Well, it would be just like driving down Lindale Avenue, though. Now? Well, yeah, I mean. There's nobody there. Completely gutted. And That's true. There's nobody around yeah. anymore. It's, I don't know. but Hey, in Iceland, <clears throat> they have tunnels that go through the mountains. And we discovered, we didn't know this until we drove into our first one, they're one way. 
<laughs> the tunnels are one way. One way. And if you're going the one way, you're okay. But if you're coming the other way, there's pull-offs. And you have to so judge from the... you can go in. You can go in. And if there's oncoming headlights, that means, Jesus. oh, that person has the right of way. I've got to race to the next pull-off. What? Yeah, it gets crazy in those tunnels. There, there's people, of course, who try and race ahead, and they misjudge it, and traffic stops, oh, and there you are. God. Yeah, right. One-way tunnels. I, I came back here to the U.S. Now it's like I just revere tunnels because they're two-way <laughs> in this country. It makes the Lowry Hill Tunnel not seem so bad. Excellent. Yes, you are correct. Hey, it's two-way. We may be stuck was, here. Can you imagine one, that was a one-way tunnel? Oh. Right, you might as well not just leave the tunnel out. Just leave the hill <laughs> and we'll drive around. Especially on a sunny day. Because yeah. you go into the tunnel, you can't see anything. No, that's <laughs> right. Very true. The Lowry Hill Tunnel. <laughs> yeah. the Low- God, the Lowry Hill Tunnel. <laughs> people don't speed through there like they used to. Have you noticed that? No, yeah, nobody speeds through there. They Every once in a while, you'll to. get where like a bunch of young kids will shut it down and sit there and do like burnouts in oh, their God, cars. Of course, there's yeah. always some. That place is a mess. <laughs> well, there's too there's too much traffic to speed. I mean, you wouldn't. Yeah, that's it, true. It wouldn't be. That's true. It just wouldn't be possible. And people aren't in the right lane to exit as they get out of the tunnel. Oh, it's bedlam, yeah. The Lowry Hill Tunnel. When you were doing the research for this book, right. did you see things that you thought you'd never see, and yet there were other things you thought you would see that didn't exist? Oh, yeah. As, I was, as I was going through, again, my mementos and, and, and mm-hmm. stirring you know, my memories and my travel, I was thinking, gosh, I, I was awfully lucky to be able to go to some of these places and see this stuff. Yeah, but were there very, things very that you fortunate. thought existed that don't exist? I mean, you've heard these tales about this place, that place, whatever. Anything like that? Well, no, because I've been primarily a traveler who goes without a lot of planning, who oh, believes okay. in the unplanned right. effect, because okay. the best travel experiences can be the unexpected ones. Mm-hmm. And as I write about, I'm an advocate for, you know, if you make a wrong turn, don't quick say, hey, we made a wrong turn, let's go back. Maybe go down the road a little bit and see what that wrong wrong turn is going to present you. Don't you think everybody should do that with their lives? I don't care if you yeah, just wander well around said. the streets of Minneapolis. Yeah. Well said. You're right? taking the road less traveled. Yeah, exactly. Listen to you. Well, no. I mean, I've experienced that myself. You just It's fun to get lost. Well, it's less travel because you're on it. Well, that's Everybody true. else just avoids it. Oh, I would. <laughs> if I saw me coming, I'd get the hell out of the road. Get yeah. the hell out of the way and go home. We're not going for a drive through the Lowry Hill Tunnel with you. God, I still, the design of that thing still amazes me. Yeah. Why didn't they just make it a straight tunnel instead of having it they make this big <laughs> swooping? Why did they do that? There's, you, th- there's you, a lot of things on our roadway systems well, that don't true. make a lot of sense. <laughs> that's true. Well, you Why must did have, they do this? I mean, going to all these places, seeing these things, you must get a, an interesting perspective of, of people and the world and, and everything that evolved from millions of years ago. Yeah, I, I have to say, you know, uh, we are provincial people. You know, we're Minnesotans mm-hmm. or we're Americans, and I like to get people out there who start to think a little more like an internationalist, mm. you know, who, who really start to get a worldview. Because I think once you do, you actually become a much better American. You become a much better Minnesotan once you've been out in the world. Yeah. 
I think that's absolutely right. Yeah, there are a lot of people, well, I suppose, you know, up until about 100 years ago, it was very difficult. To, if you lived in Minnesota, you didn't go anywhere. You didn't go anywhere. That is very, very true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe more than 100, 100 years ago, 150 years ago, something like that. But, yeah, I suppose it's a much, much different world now. How are people around the world? Did you, are you treated well in most places you go? Yeah, absolutely. That's good to hear. Yeah, just anywhere you go, you're treated very, very well. I mean, you know, because when it comes down to it, except for those guys, and they're mostly guys who are making the news, people are just trying to make a living. Mm-hmm. They're just trying to raise a family, and they're pretty easy to connect to. And, you know, you're giving me a hard time about wearing this shirt today with the Twins logo on it, <laughs> right? More Chuck with the big logo on And Chuck's on his got hat. the big hat. Yeah. Well, Chuck flew in from Seattle, and I told him he had to wear it. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Right. So, but so anyway, he, you wear this shirt when you're traveling, and it's always kind of funny because all of a sudden people come up and say, hey, you're from Minnesota. Oh, yeah. 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 It's kind of an, uh, a way to make some connections. But, no, I found people all over the world. And the other thing I found – it was kind of a, a discovery for me when I was first starting to world travel. People know how to eat. Oh, yeah. They know how to cook. <laughs> yeah. Man, there's great food all over the world that's very different than what we find in our part of the world, right? I'm not eating the fried bugs, though. That ain't happening. Yeah. No. Well, monkey to... brain, like, yeah, I was fed once, and I won't <laughs> oh, say God. where. Monkey yeah. brain? Yeah, monkey oh, brain. Man. They thought it was some delicacy. Thanks a lot for letting me know before I oh. took a mouthful. Well, that right. could be dangerous. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> right. You'd be having some parasites. Oh, what yeah. did that even taste like? Uh, Chicken. Yeah, chicken. It always tastes like chicken. chicken. That's chicken. Everybody's go-to. Everybody's go-to. It tastes like chicken. But, yeah, people, well, it makes sense that people have learned how to cook and eat because you have to. But, yeah, people have gotten very good around the world at cooking. That's great to hear. Yeah. Is there any place you still haven't been that you want to go? You know, when you ask where I want to go, I always then bring back the question, first of all, that people should consider, which is not just where but when. And yeah, I learned true. this in college. A, a buddy of mine, college buddy, was going to hike through the Grand Canyon on spring break. And he came back, and you know, we said, how was it? He said, it was during the full moon, and it could not have been better hiking in the Grand oh, Canyon during the yeah. full moon. Yeah. Uh, winter, we have learned with, you know, living up in northern Minnesota, going to Iceland. Yeah, winter can be an interesting time. I had to take a business trip to Stockholm in February. Now, if you're going to vacation in Sweden... I don't think you're going to pick February. <laughs> you're not no. going to pick I loved you it. Won't. It gave me such an really? interesting perspective. So not just where, but when. And, you know, I, I talk in my book a lot about look for authentic experiences. And then people are like, well, that, what does that mean? i got to take the kids, you know, deep sea diving or climbing active volcanoes. You can find them right here in Minnesota. One place I've not been that I want to go to is up in Itasca County. Oh, yeah. It's called the Lost Forty. When they surveyed the state in the late 1800s, they made a mistake. And there's this 140 acres that was mapped as a lake. So nobody ever could buy it. Really? They couldn't harvest it, which, of course, was done in the early settlement. All the trees were cut down except Mm. this 140 acres. So you can go up there and see trees that are 200 to 300 years old. The lost 40. So that's on my bucket list. And again, take young people to see. And And even consider maybe we should go do it snowshoeing in the wintertime. So where haven't I been? There's one that anybody can go to, I wanna go to. When I was a kid in Catholic grade school, I did a, a report on Trinidad. And, you know, where you draw the map on the cover, (laughs) 
And right. you go to the encyclopedia and you copy everything right out of there into your cursive writing. So I'm traveling. We did a drive around Lake Superior, the, the full circle. You know, it was almost 2,000 miles mm, just yeah. this past June. It was great. We're in Wawa, Ontario. Everybody says, you got to go to this restaurant. It's owned by a family from Trinidad. And it was a great restaurant, but I got a chance finally to, you know, talk to somebody from Trinidad. So Trinidad's <laughs> on my bucket list as well. Do you have any spot that you would not like to go back to? Well, I, I have said my favorite bar in the world is in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. I have said I really would. That was my win. Finish your trip in the Orient in Hong Kong. I would never go back to Hong Kong today because I probably can't. Really? Hong Kong has been taken over by the Chinese. Oh yeah, they have to violated really, totally that agreement. Yeah, they really? violated that agreement that that you know that one country, two systems. No, they've taken it over. There was a University of Minnesota student from China who was putting some posts up that he was you know making some comment about the premier of China. There was a photo of the premier and Obama. And, it, and they said, oh, the premier of China kind of looks like Winnie the Pooh. So he was doing Winnie the Pooh posts. Oh, God. The image of Winnie the Pooh is banned in China now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's and, a great story and right there. in my book, you'll see right up front like I Winnie quote two people, one of whom is a professor and poet who's a Uyghur professor. Oh, yeah. A what? A, oh, a Uyghur. Japanese, Uyghur. yeah. No, no, no. The, no. the Muslim population oh. in Western China oh, okay. that they're, they're now, they're you know. slaves. The, yeah. Oh, man. So this professor was put into a so-called, you know, retraining camp, prison. Oh, Nobody God. has heard from this guy in years. So when the Chinese read my book, they're going to ban the book in China, yeah. and I'm yeah. not going back to Hong Kong. They're going to look at my tweets, my Winnie the Pooh tweets, and that's it. I'm going to be in prison. So I can't go back to Hong Kong, and that's a shame because I like going to Dan Ryan's bar. No, so, I understand yeah, that. They're going to have some people posted up at Dan Ryan's waiting for you to make an appearance. Yeah, back. they know where I'm going to show up, right? Yeah. That, would be, that would be terrible. Yeah, oh, I know he's coming. No, I, I just I, – you don't have to answer this. I just – I've been going through the situation – uh, for the last couple of couple of weeks, Actually, it's been more than that, because you could kind of see this thing in the Middle East happening. Yeah. Because we made a lot of really really bad mistakes. Uh, that whole situation. <clears throat> you were talking about the Uyghurs who are treated like right. dirt in China. Right. Mm-hmm. They're slaves. That they are just flat out slaves. Yeah. Is America among the best, if not the best? And I'm not saying there aren't troubles or problems right. or whatever, but in my travels. It's the least racist place I've ever been. Well, I don't know that it's the least racist, but because uh, every place seems to have be racist. Well, it's that's... even like going to Japan. Right. You oh, know, yeah. You they got... hate the Koreans. Yeah, they they think, it's you know, you got a big nose and you smell. I mean, <laughs> it, you know, they're polite, though. They're polite about it. As long as you leave the country. Yeah. Well, as long as you're not staying. Like, like everybody believes that. The city they live in has the worst drivers in the world. Yes, that's true. And we know they're in Chicago. Well, well, I've always said Florida, but uh, living in Chicago. Well, of course, I never drove in Chicago, so. Did you ever drive in Minneapolis? Because it ain't much better than anywhere else now, I'll tell you Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, everybody kind of, when they see what's, they know about what's going on, where they are. And, you know, you just have to be around to figure out, this is terrible. This ain't working. It's one thing I love about being a bigger guy, because if somebody tailgates me, I just slam on my brakes. 
because what are you going to do? <laughs> you know, uh, the, the very well-known, popular traveler Rick Steves does his PBS sure, yeah. tours. Yep. Uh, he's got a very interesting history because he would always travel to Europe on, on summer school breaks. And then mm-hmm. he got a job as a music teacher, so he had summers off. And, and then he and a buddy decided that, that they were going to branch out and they were going to go from, you know, uh, Kathmandu, you know, from Europe. Sure. And, and he's got a book about it that he kept a journal, did photos. It's 40 years old, and he just now has published the book. Oh, really? But I mentioned Rick Steves, and, and back to your point. Uh, Rick Steves, I found a great quote. It's not in my book. But Rick Steves said, we are all children of God, so get out there and travel and meet your family. I love that. Yeah, so it do I. how it should be. So do I. Yeah, I, I, maybe I should have said, maybe we, we are doing, doing better with racism in America. Maybe not the best place in the world, but... There are a lot of Americans that think this is the most racist place on earth, and oh. it's not even close. No, not at all. Well, my dad, growing up in Tulsa, he felt that was the worst place. No, I understand that, and I understand there are places you don't want to be in, in the United States. When I write about my trip to Namibia in my book, I, I give that history. Uh, you, you go yeah, to Namibia, and yeah. it's got a big German presence because it was uh, colonized by the Germans. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they still celebrate Oktoberfest. Do they really? Yeah. I didn't and know And there's that. great German architecture, but you talk about, you know, racism. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Between the colonists and the native populations of Namibia, God. even today, boy, it's, it's tough. Is it all about, and it's all about, you're not like me, therefore I don't like you. Yeah, I'm not sure what it's all about. <clears throat> I don't get I don't, it either. I don't get it. Yeah. I don't understand anything. You always feel like, like fear has has a great hold on these people. Oh, I think that's absolutely correct. It is a fear thing. We've only got a few minutes left already. You blew through that hour quick enough. Oh, sorry. Any, <laughs> <laughs> any closing words you want to go with? Any advice? Uh, no, just that uh, I'm going to say the most important thing I say all day here. It's thank you. It's great to be here. It's great oh, to be great. with you guys. Well, this is great very to see nice you. What you put in. And a great very, opportunity very, very, to, you, you know, Promote my book, now available on Amazon. I was just going to yeah, ask. There yeah, there you go, Amazon, <laughs> yeah. the big bookseller. It's, it's where you go if you want to sell some books. And as yeah. I say, it, it, it's more than just my travel memoir. I, I hope it really becomes an inspiration, people. If anybody's been to the Science Museum Omni Theater and seen a film, I can guarantee they're going like, to like the book because these are yeah. the stories. It's fun. It's interesting. It's educational. And as I say, it, it's inspirational. Did you see him point to me, Chuck? It's it. <laughs> It's educational. <laughs> Tom, get your head out of your ass and get an education. <laughs> read, the book, read the book. Read the book. Yeah. It. Learn something. Now, I love these kinds of interviews because you have seen a lot of things that I've never seen. And that's, unless I make the trip, it's the only way I'm going to learn about it. Well, as I say, read you know, the book. We'll take I, you out a I heck of an right adventure. Here, a lot of places. No question about it. I think it's terrific. that, And I'm very, very happy for you because you're, you're obviously really ecstatic about being able to do what you do. Yeah. Isn't that nice? I mean, think about that. There are all these people going, why did I do this? Why am I doing that? Blah, blah, blah. You wake up every morning and go, I get to do what I exactly what I want to do. And they were paying me. <laughs> and they were paying you. I got the same situation. I've been BSing on the radio for 53 years. I get up in the morning in 53 years. They taught, this is it? This is not a job. I mean, I have to put up with a gal fan. No. You know. That's yeah, that's been problem. that's been a slog. I know. Oh, there's no question. You can about. hear it when you're on air on the podcast. Gelfand's <laughs> in studio again. Uh, Good luck, Tom. Yeah. Well, you know, and the thing is, the the longer you do something that you like to do, the more you appreciate it. I agree. Yeah, that's no why I think so many old musicians 
you know, they're like, you know, guys in their 70s and they're touring for like, you know, for 51 weeks a mm-hmm. year. Oh, yeah. It's, you just can't put it down because you're, it's, it's the gratitude thing just kind of grows on you like mold. Do you think that would be nice to teach young people that gratitude is a really good thing? Can you do it? You, you don't see a lot of it anymore, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I don't know if you can teach them that. I don't know well. if you can teach being grateful anymore. Yeah. I don't know if you can. Hmm. I hope you can. I would like to think so. No question. The book, again, ladies and gentlemen, the world has a uh, big backyard. Adventure travel stories from an IMAX documentary filmmaker, Mike Day. Chuck, thank you for coming in. I wish you had to shut up once in a while during the interview, but, you know. Not one word out of you, Chuck. What are you, a professional? And by the way, I'm not signing any releases. I just want you to know. (laughs) We're signing no releases. All right, we're not going to put you on the World Wide Web there, Gelfond. Don't worry. Yeah, no question about it. Well, thank you so much, gentlemen, both of you, for showing up. I cannot wait to read the book. Uh, and I am I'm envious. You get to go all over the world, and I sit in the same chair every day. Don't worry about my feelings. We'll send you a postcard. Sounds great. That's going to do it. Talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>